Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. In this message, my objective is to show you some enablers, some things that assist, promote, help that big dream to become a reality. Enablers of your dream. Let me start by introducing one of my favorite words that many people have not heard before because it starts with the letter X and the word is Zanadu. Zanadu simply means that everyone must have a certain picture of a dream, a paradise, something you want to accomplish that is so big that it scares even you. When I say we want to write books that will be read in every country in the world, and that must be read a hundred years after we are dead, we are talking serious stuff. If your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. Everyone must have a dream that intimidates even you. And if the dream intimidates you, then if it intimidates others, it is only in order because even you are intimidated by that dream. Zanadu, a dream that scares even you. If your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. What is an enabler or what are enablers? They are simply catalysts, springboards, capabilities, forces, resources that supply the means, the knowledge, or the opportunity for something to happen. So you have the dream all right, but there is some springboard, some catalyst, some capability that you have, some force that seems to be working in your favor, some resource that is available to you that supplies the means, the knowledge, or the opportunity for that dream to happen. An enabler simply contributes to the success of a venture, a process, or a project. Now, many of us, when you talk about your dreams, your first reaction is to talk about the frustration of somebody either sabotaging that dream working against that dream or discouraging you. Let me submit to you today that don't dare to abandon your amazing dreams because someone choosing to live a nightmare discouraged you. For many people who discourage you, the reason they discourage you is because you are trying to go where they are not going. And because we've grown up with a zero-sum game, we play the game seesaw up and down when we're children, which by inference means that as you go up, I am going down. Your progress is making somebody uncomfortable. 
And the only way to prevent you is to rubbish, discourage you from reaching forth to that place that you are trying to go to. Don't abandon, don't even dare abandon your dream because somebody living a nightmare chooses to discourage you. How do we get discouraged in the pursuit of our dreams? What are the disablers? The opposite of enablers is disablers, blockers, barriers, cripples. What are some of the disablers of our dreams? The first one is the environment or the background that we come from. For some of us, even being in the university alone is a huge achievement because guess what? Nobody in your village even went to secondary school. I recall one of the times when we started springboard and we hit the road and went to the upper west region and were in Wa. One MP walked to us and said, why do you stop in the regions? Come to the districts. Listen, you don't even have to have a program. If you walked into my constituency and they saw you alone, it will inspire them. And it was heartbreaking. What he was saying is that there are people who may not even have seen young people so energized, so well-dressed, so articulate, so aspirational. Just seeing you alone will be an encouragement for them. Sometimes it's your background. Your parents may be so poor that your focus is on the school fees that every time you are being sacked to go home. How can you talk, talk, talk to me about big dreams when I am struggling to pay my fees? I don't know who I'm speaking to, but somebody, somebody has told you you are not even beautiful or handsome. They say the way your head shape is, don't dream. <laughs> you know, human beings can be very, very unforgiving and sometimes plain atrocious because many people abandon their dreams because in secondary school, somebody told you something that was so demeaning that your spirit just sank and after five years, your spirit has still not risen back to where it was before. your environment or your background. The second one is conformist thinking. The second disabler of your dream is you look around you and nobody's even dreaming. Nobody's saying the things you are saying. So you're like, listen, am I okay? You check your temperature. Am I all right? Listen, why don't I just try and be like everybody else? If you, if you live, work, operate in a community where nobody's dreaming, sometimes you feel that you are wrong for being so ambitious. So you look around you and you're not getting morale because the things you are talking about look so far-fetched because nobody's even daring to dream. And so the pressure sometimes self-inflicted to conform to what others are doing and saying makes you abandon your dream. The third barrier is the discouragement and the mockery of people. People can mock you because your dream is too big. They can mock you because they think you don't have the resources or they can mock you because the dream is achievable, but they think you in particular, you can't do it. They say if it was somebody else, fine, but not you. Sometimes people can mock, discourage, and make you feel that you don't belong. The fourth disabler is resource constraints. You look around you and you say, where will my help come from? How shall these things be? seeing that I don't have a shoe. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but if you are like me, that's your confirmation. Even the shoe you used was borrowed. 
in secondary school, your confirmation, even the shoe you used was borrowed, and you couldn't get socks, so you went socks-free for your confirmation, white, white, without socks. Sometimes your beginnings can be so tough and the constraints so much that you think, you know what, I am not bad compared to where I'm coming from. And you can't lift up your eyes and see possibility. The fifth barrier is multiple setbacks. And so you failed one exam. Or you were bounced by a woman when you proposed. Or something. And you know there are different levels of bouncing. There's the bouncing that is a quiet no. That is the best kind of bouncing. When the person says, oh, thank you very much, but sorry. Just take it in good faith. Because there's another type that you can bath for one month. It will still not go. Because even without speaking, the person can look at you up and down three times. As if to say, how dare you? And you know, even without speaking, you begin to retrogress. You are going back, rewinding and withdrawing the, the, the proposal. Sometimes setbacks can make you feel that you can't make it. A business collapsed. A proposal was rejected. An exam was failed. Something you believed in so much didn't happen. And you didn't get the support to rise again. And you begin to believe nothing can happen. I would like somebody to put your hand on your chest and look up to God and say, I cannot be stopped. It is a very important spiritual, emotional, psychological exercise. Put your hand on your chest and say, I cannot be stopped. I will not be stopped by the opinion of anyone, by the constraints around me, by my own fears. By the failures of my past, by the shame of my past, I cannot be stopped, I shall not be stopped, and I will not be stopped. Put your hands together for yourself. Let me give you 10 enablers, 10 catalysts, 10 springboards for your big dream that big dream that you have, 10 things that will give you a travelator or a catalyst or an enabler for the dream to happen. Tell somebody next to you, it shall happen. The first one is a strategic orientation. A strategic orientation Those who achieve their big dreams, they think strategically. They have a long-term perspective of the world in which they operate. They think, they plan, they manage, they organize themselves. They don't pursue convenience. They don't imitate other people. And they don't follow the crowd. Strategic people often see further than other people can see. And sometimes they do things that don't make sense today. But years into the future, the meaning begins to emerge. If everything you do conforms to what everyone else is doing, you can't call yourself a strategic person. 
People who think strategically are obsessed about positioning. How do I position myself to always have an advantage and to separate myself from the competition? And invariably, they always have a long-term advantage. Strategic orientation. The second attribute of people who achieve big dreams is navigational skills. So you have a long-term perspective, a strategy, somewhere that you want to arrive at. Your current reality is a contradiction of that future. But you know where you are going. And so you are not looking at your present situation with all the problems, the limitations, and the shame. You are looking at the future you are working towards. Now, navigational skills simply mean being able to calculate like GPS what I will do in year one, what I will do in year two, who I will partner with, when I will move to this place. And for anyone watching you, you will be doing some things that do not fit too well in your current context. So I'm reading history. I'm reading statistics. I'm reading political science. In the evening when others are watching Champions League, I'm taking private lessons in French. Then I'm doing some network marketing or some private sales job to try and raise some money because there is a big picture that may not make sense to you, but I am piecing it together little by little. You know, when you watch a jigsaw puzzle, every piece in itself does not make sense. And when even you begin to piece them together, after a while, you see something that looks like a leg. Is it a leg of a cheetah, a horse, a hyena? You can't tell. But from one end, the pieces are coming. From another end, the pieces are coming. And then after a while, the thing curves, and you begin to see a head, and you begin to see some structure. Eventually, when the picture is put together, it becomes something beautiful. May somebody's life be beautiful in this place. May somebody's life that is looking so disorganized all over the place come together into a beautiful picture that will give glory to God and that will be a testimony for country, for your family, and for your community. Navigational skills. The third thing that you will need to build the big dream is systems and processes. We live in a very declarational environment. And so when I say, may somebody's dream come to pass, somebody say, I receive it. And it's great because the inspiration is important. But listen, springboard is useless, meaningless, and an exercise in futility if tomorrow you keep the same old habits and still say, I claim it. What do you claim? You claim nothing. If somebody woke up tomorrow an hour earlier and read a book as a result of springboard, then you can claim progress. If somebody organized their life better and made better use of their time, then we can talk about progress. Not about declarations and nice feelings. The reason why many New Year resolutions don't last for two weeks is because they write on only one thing, emotion and the feel-good factor. It doesn't change anything. Beyond the inspiration, springboard is about strategy and action. 
And so tomorrow, somebody must do something differently. There must be a difference between you who came here and your roommate who didn't come. You spent, you are spending four hours of your time. There is nobody outside making calls. There is an intense observation and pursuit of the process. How can you be the same as the person who slept at home or watched football? There must be a difference. And so put in place a system, a process. What do I mean by a system? Organize your life such that you know some things that you do monthly, some things that you do weekly, and some things that you do daily. Put in place a system. Don't rely on feelings. If you want to read a number of books a year, break it down. If, I want, to, if you want to write a hundred books, we don't speak it into the air. You break it down into how many per year, how many per decade, and you space yourself and you work. Suddenly, you realize that you don't have free time to engage in frivolous activity because you have a plan. Put in place a system. It's like somebody saying, I want to read the Bible in a year. I claim it. I will read the whole Bible. How? Get a Bible. Go online. Write in Google, reading the Bible a year. It will give you a schedule. This number of chapters a day. You are following a system, not feelings. Apply that to your reading. Apply that to your personal development. Even your networking. Can you imagine your networking? Apply it. Systems. The fourth enabler to your big dream is people. And talking about systems, let me say that for every one of us here, Develop a system that enables you to progressively increase your valuable relationships. Some of the most amazing things we've done, Comfort and I, have been a result of having a mentor, a coach, somebody that we salute and celebrate without apology. Today, I stand here and give thanks for several mentors, and I single out Dr. Mensa Anamwa Utablo. You organize a program, you do something huge with thousands in attendance, huge achievement, everyone celebrating you, and you get a chance to spend five minutes, and he says, what next? Never celebrating the history. What next? And you say, okay, so we are trying to... You see, when you start talking and you know you have no plan, in the first 10 seconds it will show. Okay, so you are trying to organize the... Uh, so now, when you are going... I thought about mentoring for success. When you are approaching your mentor, you can preempt which question he or she will ask. So you have tried to answer the questions in advance. You have punched and answered the question. Even that one. Still. <laughs> still. They will stretch you. But you know, it is a joy to know that a person pursuing a dream can find critical relationships around you that will push you to achieve them. There is no way these alumni lined up here and the several hundreds of thousands across the world, 
there is no way as a result of the coaching, the intervention, the mentoring, the clubs across the country that we spent week after week coaching, there is no way the members, their lives will be the same as to have been without mentoring. You need a mentor. You need a coach. You need great friends. Sometimes all you need is one good friend around you. People matter. Your dream will become a reality or fall to the ground depending on who you surround yourself with. Some friends just celebrate success. Some friends just push you to fire more and work harder. Other friends don't see any sense in your aspiration and your ambition. Make a choice. Number five. Resource mobilization and resourcefulness. One of the hard truths we've learned is that your dream can die if you don't learn how to mobilize resources. Money. How else could we free, entertain 30,000 emerging leaders across the country without money? How can you book huge auditoriums and see thousands, refresh them, put them through workshops, travel for six weeks, flying across the country, hiring four-wheel drives and buses without money? You must know how to mobilize resources. You must know how to sell a dream to your sponsors. You don't stand there and say, listen, we need money, we need money. Yeah, you need money, but guess what? Other things do need money. How do you mobilize resources? How do you even write a proposal? How do you defend the proposal? How do you preempt the need of the sponsor? How do you sit down and say, ah, this year we are celebrating Springboard at 10. In the same year, MTN at 10, Star Life at 10. How do we leverage these multiple celebrations into one big activity? Think, think, think. It's not only about course outline and exam questions. Real education goes beyond the course outline. Real education goes beyond exam questions. I've sat on interview panels and seen first-class students fail woefully. And just by the way, I got a second class lower. Not because I celebrated, but if that was the only the determinant of failure, I shouldn't be standing here. And I told myself afterwards that I got a third class, second class lower because I divided my time into three. One third for academic work, one third for the ministry, and one third for the business. And I said I had disappointed myself. So when I went to do my MBA, I wasn't looking for a certificate for anything. I just wanted to prove to myself that I was good enough. I got 13 A's out of 15 subjects with a great point way into first class just to prove that I was good. Real learning, real learning, real learning, my friends, is not done for exams. In fact, most of the critical lessons that are building companies, building industries, making a change as CEO of the third largest insurance, life insurance company, is not the course outline and what you learnt in the lecture room. It's the real learning, informal learning, conferences like this, books that you read, networks that you form, friends depart from their traditional perception about life and learning. 
Then beyond resource mobilization, resourcefulness simply means when things are tight and things are tough, knowing what to do to bring yourself through and continue to live your dream. Number six, discipline. Discipline and focus. Discipline and focus. When we were in secondary school, your waking up time was determined by a bell. Your failure to comply was, was punished by kings. And others took responsibility for ensuring that you did what you have to do. The moment you got to tertiary level, it was left to you. Sleep as much as you like. Eat as much as you like. Play as much as you like. And that is when the gaps began to emerge. I once asked the managing director of Stanchart, my good friend Koku Beduadu, to tell me how two people can be in one conference and hear the same thing. Can I have two volunteers? You come. The two of you come. Yeah, come. Quickly. How can two, two people be in the conference, hear the same thing, and one go on to achieve great things and the other do absolutely nothing? And he said, it is in the power of a one-degree shift. He says, when two people come to a conference and they hear something about enablers of your dream, they both can feel very excited. But if he, tomorrow, continues to walk along the same path, nothing will change. But if she just makes a slight one-degree shift and tomorrow wakes up earlier, reads a book, organizes her relationships, manages her time better, it may be just one-degree shift. When she starts working tomorrow, you may not see the difference. But next month, next year, next five years, the more she walks, the wider the gap. May somebody begin to make a one-degree shift tomorrow. May somebody begin to make a decision tomorrow that will separate you. And they say the first Ghanaian to be this, then they mention your name. The first Ghanaian to be this in Africa, then they mention your name. The first African, then they mention your name. Why? It starts with a one-degree shift. Lift your two fingers like this and tell somebody just one. One degree. One degree. And it takes discipline and focus. Thank you. Clap for them. Discipline and focus. It's a battle, friends. It's not a joke. It's a battle. It takes discipline. It takes focus. You wake up in the morning and you know where you're going. It shows in your eyes. What is driving you is not a senior housemaster with a cane. What is driving you is the big dream in your heart. Holiday. Others are jumping at the beach. But you are calculating something. I'm not saying don't rest. Oh, there are times when you take downtime. But I'm saying you organize your life not to conform, but to pursue your dream. Number seven. Enthusiasm and appetite. Enthusiasm. If you have a dream, you must be enthusiastic, energetic about the dream. You must have appetite. It is easy to be satisfied with very little. And you will find a lot of supporters in celebrating every little thing you achieve. Oh, you were number 15 and now you are third. It's okay. Oh, you know, 
You know, sometimes we don't know, but these things you have done well. Appetite says, Ted is great, but I want to be number one. Even when you become number one, now you are not competing against those behind you. You are competing against yourself and your dream. Even number one is not enough. Enthusiasm, appetite. Listen, friends, posture matters. When I talk about enthusiasm, when somebody is selling something to you, when somebody is proposing something to you, when somebody is discussing something to you, look at their body language, look into their eyes, look into their posture and their excitement about the thing. And it sells. If somebody said, well, you are trying something called Springboard. Hopefully we'll just gather some young people around the country. If you are interested, you can come and sponsor. (laughs) Sometimes the only reason why a person says yes is because the energy, the enthusiasm, and the appetite you exude makes it difficult for them to say no. Even if you are going to propose, it must be done with enthusiasm. Every dream, spiritual, Marital, academic, social, political requires enthusiasm. Tell somebody enthusiasm. The eighth enabler to your dream is conviction. Conviction. Conviction travels with another important word, decisiveness. Conviction is simply about what you will do and what you will not do. Every one of us must be clear about what we believe. Even if I will repeat a class, I will not cheat in exams. That's what they call conviction. I will not take a bribe. I will not cheat on my spouse. If you don't have convictions, it starts small and the gap gets wider and wider, just like the one degree. A lack of conviction, it starts with minor things And very soon, you are on the front page of the newspaper, not for an achievement, but for something we don't want to talk about here. Conviction. Each of us must have convictions about what we believe and what we don't believe and will not do. Without that one, you can't be a leader and you can't be an achiever. The ninth enabler is one of the most important. It is a consciousness of opportunity an ability to see opportunity to hear opportunity and to smell opportunity if you are opportunity conscious every conversation that is taking place everyone else is hearing one thing you are hearing a different thing because your ears and your mind are wired differently a new university is being opened. A new opportunity is coming to this town. A new road is being constructed. A new software has come out. A new app has been developed. Everybody is hearing something, but you are hearing a different thing. Because of your strategic orientation, you are building linkages and seeing an opportunity from where you are to become even bigger. So everyone else is swimming like this fish in the small bottle but you are ready to jump out, take some risk, and go into the bigger bottle because at that place, there is no one else there. The higher you climb, the more lonely it becomes. The higher you climb, the greater the opportunity. 
friends, dare to climb higher. Dare to separate yourself from the crowd and dare to pursue your opportunities. The final enabler I will share with you in this session is very important and it simply means or it simply says reinvention skills. Now what do I mean by that? Many of us set out on a journey with an idea about what we will become and what we will do. But along the line, things change that require us to change. Major policy changes are made. National, international fronts, new developments come up that can totally change what the critical success factors are. The problem with many of us, however, is that we are so wired about the original concept or project that we cannot change or amend it to reflect the reality on the ground. This picture simply says, try. And try means time to reinvent yourself. What worked yesterday may not work again today. So even for the same dream, the methodology, the approach, the strategy must consistently be revised to reflect the current reality. As I conclude, my friends, I would like to challenge every single one of us here. I don't know where you are coming from. The background may be tough. The disabled may be huge. The cripples may be shouting out loud. But I believe that somebody here can dare to dream that you are the next big thing to come out of your family, to come out of your community, to come out of your nation, to come out of the continent. Even if no one around you is dreaming, dare to dream that you can become big. And even if you're not getting any support from anywhere, just enjoy the fact that you can dream a Zanadu, a dream so big that it scares even you. And as Walt Disney says, it's kind of fun to try to do something that is deemed impossible. May what is called impossible become possible in your life. May what is said to be improbable become a reality in your life. And as you celebrate your successes and your achievements, may you look back and say, it is simply because I dared to dream. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,